got to be our commitment that's got to be our our desire that we want more of Jesus than we want of this world or anything else he has to be number one in our lives he's not going to share he's not going to share you with the world or with anything else he wants to be first in every area of your life you've been bought with a price as they have sing about today you're not your own you belong to the Lord if you're saved today you're his and he's calling to you to give him that full total commitment today amen thank you Lord let's just lift our hands right now and give him the praise that he is so worthy to receive today Lord we love you today We give you praise and we thank you for the wonderful, mighty presence of the Holy Spirit here in this service this morning that we sense in such a mighty way. Thank you for your your anointing. Thank you for your touch upon our lives today. God, just continue today to do a work in this service as we minister your word, as we focus upon Jesus do a work in our hearts and lives to change us into who we need to be for you. We thank you for that. We thank you for that. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Worship team, thank you so much. Give a worship team a good. God bless you today. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Open your Bibles today to the very, we're going to the back of the book this morning, to the book of Revelation, chapter number 12, Revelation chapter number 12. I'm going to read some verses here that are very familiar. We're going to 
share with you a little bit from the Word of God and then partake of communion. I was amazed again this morning as the worship songs and the worship music, the songs that were sang went along with what I had prepared to speak today about and uh, had prepared to preach to you about. And uh, when the Holy Spirit's directing, that's always the way it goes because He puts the service together and puts everything together um, the way that He wants it. Amen. Praise God. But um, I want to share with you this morning from Revelation chapter number 12. I don't know if I told you what chapter. Chapter number 12 of the book of Revelation. And we'll begin reading today with verse number 7. Revelation chapter 12 and verse number 7. It says this, And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels and prevailed not. Neither was their place found any more in heaven. The dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. Let me read that to you again. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength, and the kingdom of our God, and the power of His Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame Him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. Therefore rejoice, you heavens and you that dwell in them, woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. For the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he has but a short time. Now I want to use for my text this morning, in verse number 11, that first portion of that verse, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. Are you glad for the blood of Jesus today, the blood of the Lamb? Praise God. Praise God. The Bible warns us, the Apostle Paul warns us, and other places in the Bible warns us and admonishes us against the wiles and the attacks of the devil. And uh, Paul, especially in 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 11, warns us about Satan's desire to take advantage of us. And Paul says in that verse in 2 Corinthians 2.11 that we are not ignorant of his devices. And the church today, and we as a part of the church, we as believers today had better be sure that we know the strategies the devices, and the workings of the devil as he comes against us. We had better not be ignorant of his devices. Peter tells us in 1 Peter 5 and 8 that the devil is going about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. 
So the scripture is very plain and tells us that Satan is active in this earth today and that he is working today seeking those whom he may devour. And may I tell you this today, that Satan is playing for keeps. And you and I must be on our guard every moment of the day against the attacks and the strategies and the devices and the wiles of the devil. Paul warns us about that and admonishes us also in Ephesians chapter 6 to be able to stand that we put on the whole armor of God that we may be able to stand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand. Amen. So we're living in an evil day today. I think everybody would agree with that. And we need to be on guard and be standing against the attacks of the enemy. And I think everyone knows this today, but I just want to make you aware of this fact that evil spirits, demon spirits, the powers of darkness are very real today. And they are the sworn enemy of God and His people. And our lives are being lived out on a battleground. And it is vitally important that you and I know how to overcome the enemy. We are in a spiritual warfare. We are in a spiritual battle today against the powers of darkness. And as I said, I want to repeat this, that that demon powers and demon spirits are very real, but we as believers are not to be afraid or fearful of them because God has provided a way for us to overcome the enemy in every conflict that he may bring against us. The Bible says in James 4 and 7, a verse that it's actually a part of a verse that all of us are familiar with, but it tells us that we are to resist the devil, that we're to resist his attacks. We're to resist him when he comes against us. And if we will resist the devil, he will flee from us. Paul tells us in Ephesians not to give any place to the devil. In other words, not to open a door to him. Not to leave any door open that he may have uh, an access into our life. But to stand against him and to resist him. I want you to know something today that when Jesus died on Calvary's cross... When he died there and gave his life and shed his blood, there was a decisive battle that was won on Calvary. And I know there are those today that say the cross was a place of defeat. And and, and yes, I will say this, it was a place of defeat, but not like they're proclaiming it was. The cross was the place where Satan was defeated. The cross was the place where the powers of darkness was defeated. Can I get an amen today? Hallelujah. The greatest victory today for the church, for the believer, for the child of God was a decisive battle, a decisive victory that was won at the cross where Satan was completely and totally and absolutely defeated. Victory today is beyond any possible doubt because the Lord Jesus Christ is the undisputed victor, the overcomer. He is the champion, praise God. He has defeated the powers of darkness and he has won the war. Come on, somebody.
Victory belongs to the child of God. Hallelujah. But this hateful, bitter enemy that we have is uh, that's known as the devil, that's known as Satan, that's known as the serpent, that's known as that great dragon. He's a, a bitter enemy that is destroying all he can. He is desperate because he knows that his time is short. But I want you to know that you and I can live in victory over the devil every day of our life. And that's what I want you to leave here with today. Amen and to know that there is no place for defeat in the life of a believer in the life of the child of God because the way that you overcome the enemy is the way that God's people has always overcome the enemy and the way that he that God's church and God's people always will overcome the enemy until Jesus comes back and it's found right here in the 11th verse of the 12th chapter of Revelation that they overcame him by by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony and did not love their lives unto the death. I'm here to tell you that there's power in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ to give victory over all the powers of darkness today that would come against your life. Can I get an amen this morning? Hallelujah, there are some keys here that we want to touch on this morning that's found in this verse of Scripture on how we overcome the powers of darkness. And the first key is this that's found in our text is that we overcome by the power of the cross. They overcame Him by the blood of the Lamb. The spotless blood that Jesus shed on the cross Hear me this morning, hear me, that spotless mighty blood that Jesus shed on the cross is against Satan and the powers of darkness. The blood that Jesus shed there when he died at Calvary paid the sin debt and canceled Satan's legal right to have any authority or power over you or over your life. And somebody said, well, you know, it seems like Satan's having a lot of authority and power in people's lives today. Well, he is a usurper. And that's the thing we have to understand, church, is that we have to appropriate the victory that Jesus has won at Calvary for us. We've got to walk in that victory. We've got to appropriate it. And the fight that we're fighting in today is a warfare that is fought by faith. Uh, the weapons of our war warfare are not... Uh, physical weapons they're not carnal weapons they're not fleshly weapons but they're mighty through God they're spiritual weapons that are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds now I want you to know today that when the sin debt was paid and canceled at the cross when Jesus bowed his head when he shed his blood and gave his life he bowed his head on the cross and uttered those three words it is finished I'm telling you that the powers of darkness darkness were defeated and your victory praise God was complete hallelujah the the price was paid at Calvary he rose from the dead victorious proving through that resurrection proving to us through the resurrection that resurrection was the was the guarantee and the seal that what he had done at the cross had 
paid the price and every sin had been atoned for and every power of darkness had been defeated and death couldn't hold him and the grave couldn't hold him and praise God he was in that grave three days and three nights but on that Easter Sunday morning that third day he came out of that tomb hallelujah with the keys of death hell and the grave and all power today is given unto him in heaven and in earth there is no power greater than the power of Jesus Christ and the power that's in the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ amen Thank God there is victory in the blood of Jesus. So we must understand that today that we overcome the enemy. We overcome by our faith in what Jesus has done at Calvary. Everything that you receive today, everything that you and I receive comes from the Lord Jesus by means of what He did at the cross. You're not going to receive anything other than through faith in the atonement, in the finished work of Christ. Your salvation is in that atonement. Your sanctification is in that atonement. Your healing is in that atonement. Come on, somebody. Your victory is in that atonement. Your your provision of every daily need in your life is in that atonement. And what Jesus did at the cross was He got back for us. He got back everything that Adam lost in the garden and it's been restored through the work of Jesus Christ at the cross of Calvary. So we overcome the enemy by our faith in that finished work of Jesus on the cross. That is where the victory is. John said in 1 John 5 and 4, For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So it's a fight of faith that we're in today, and it's your faith, ladies and gentlemen, in what Christ has done that gives victory and that overcomes the world. Can I get an amen this morning? You're looking at me like a calf looking at a new gate. This is not new doctrine. This is, this is Bible. Amen. Amen. This is how you're going to overcome. This is how you're going to win against the onslaughts of the enemy. It's through the blood. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. Now, a lot of people will use the blood of Jesus. When we think about the blood of Jesus, some people will, you know, we've used the blood as kind of a man magic word, so to speak, as, uh, you know, to defeat the enemy. Pleading the blood of Jesus has become some kind of a kind of a magic talisman to some people, some kind of a like abracadabra uh, where they just, you know, say, uh, you know, well, I plead the blood of Jesus and there's nothing wrong with pleading the blood of Jesus. Let me just stop and say this, that I've heard people, I've heard some people say, well, pleading the blood is not scriptural. Pleading the blood of Jesus is not biblical. There's nowhere in the Bible where it says for us to plead the blood of Jesus. But can I tell 
tell you something, when you understand what it means to plead the blood of Jesus, then you understand what takes place when you plead the blood. When we, when we use that terminology, do you know what the word plead means? It doesn't mean that you're begging or pleading for something, but in the terminology that we use it when we say that we're pleading the blood, the, that word plead is, is to offer a legal plea or a defense or to plead one's case before a court. When somebody goes before a court, a lawyer will get up and, and argue and plead your case before a judge. You will, you, will, you will produce the evidence and plead your rights in your case before the court. And can I tell you something today, ladies and gentlemen, that you can stand today against the devil in the name of Jesus and you can declare the blood, Satan, the blood of Jesus Christ is against you. I plead the powerful, mighty blood of Jesus Christ against you, Satan. And when you plead the blood, you're pleading the benefits of the cross. You're declaring the benefits of what Jesus has done at the cross. And I'm here to tell you something this morning, Abundant Life Family Church, that Satan cannot stand against the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. There is power in the blood of Jesus and the power is in what Jesus did at the cross and your faith in that finished and completed work. Amen? So, you know, that's why the enemy wants us to be blind to the fact of what God has done for us and what Christ has done for us at Calvary. But it's not, listen, the, the blood of Jesus and just using that term is not just some mystical, magical, um, magical phrase that we use just like the name of Jesus. Some people use the name of Jesus just as a, like it's just a magic wand. We're going to wave over everything. But you've got to know what is behind the name of Jesus. What is in the name of Jesus? What is in the blood and behind the blood and the power, the almighty power that is in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. We sang that old song, you know, for years and years. Oh, there's power, power, wonder working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. And I'm here to tell you today that the blood of Jesus will never lose its power. It reaches to the highest mountain. It flows to the lowest valley. It's the blood that gives me strength from day to day. And it will never, never, never lose its power. Can I get a praise the Lord from somebody because of the power of the blood of Jesus. Amen. Satan is the accuser of the brethren as the scripture declares, these verses declares. He accuses the saints of God before um, God day and night, the scripture says. He's the accuser. We see that in Job chapter 1, chapter 2, and Zechariah chapter 3. How that Satan accuses the saints before God, but also he uses accusation against us individually and personally. Satan 
is the one who always comes with guilt and condemnation over your past failures, over your past sins. It is the enemy that comes and attacks our minds and discourages individuals by bringing doubt of God's love for us. He tells people that God doesn't love them. He says, well, you know, you're just nothing but a low-down, dirty sinner. God will never forgive you. You've done too many bad things. You've done this sin, and you've done that sin, and you'll never, never be worthy enough for God to love you. Those are accusations um, that Satan brings against those who have been born again. I know I've been there and so have you in the past where you, you know, no, none of us are perfect and we all have had failures in our lives since we've been born again, since we've been saved. And Satan likes to take those failures and bring them against you and accuse you and say, well, you're not saved. There's a difference, ladies and gentlemen, in conviction. The Holy Spirit does convict us, but there's a difference in conviction and condemnation. God and the Holy Spirit, the Lord Jesus, will never condemn us, but He will always woo us and draw us with love back to Him to receive forgiveness. I'm so glad today. I'm so glad today for 1 John 1 and 9 that says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There in the one of you here in this service today that at one time or another hasn't missed the mark or failed the Lord or done something or said something or thought something that you shouldn't have after you've been born again. But I'm so glad today that if we do miss the mark, we don't intentionally go out to sin. We don't have that desire in our heart just to go and sin and then come and confess our sins and let God forgive us. But when you miss it and when you fail, thank God there is an advocate. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, that when we confess, He forgives us and cleanses us. When we go to Him and admit that we've missed it, that we were wrong. And I know there's a teaching going around today that says Christians don't ever have to repent and Christians don't ever have to confess their sin. But I'm going to tell you today, you that, that, that teaching is not right. You still have to go to the Lord and ask His forgiveness. But thank God today that there is blood on the mercy seat for every sin, for every stain, for every failure, for every shortcoming. When we come to Jesus, He will cleanse us. He will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Praise God. That is such good, good news today. Can I get an amen? He likes to accuse us, Satan does. When the enemy tries that, when he comes against you with those thoughts, you must overcome him by the blood of the Lamb. You must stand in the faith of the cross knowing that there is now a threshold, hallelujah, of blood that stops him and his accusations that that he would bring against you. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen, the authority, Satan's authority over me, Satan's authority over 
over you has been broken by the power of the cross and the blood of the Lamb. And you and I now, if you are born again, have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. There was a time when we were unclean. There was a time when we were unrighteous. But when you understand what takes place, when you get born again and washed in the blood, He takes away all of your unrighteousness and clothes you with a spotless, pure garment of His righteousness. And it's all because of the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Satan has no accusation against me. He has no accusation against you. You must understand and and be able to, to distinguish and determine. Hallelujah. And discern the accusations of the devil when he comes against you. Bringing fear. Bringing condemnation. Listen, if you are in Christ and if you are washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free made me free made me and you free from the law of sin and death thank God for the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from all sin amen You've got to use that blood against the enemy and be able to stand against him and say, Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. It's not magic words that we're saying. It's not some magic wand that we're waving. But all of my faith and my belief is in that victory at the cross. And I stand in faith of what Jesus has done in my life. Well, I don't feel. Anybody, anybody just ever been in a place where you didn't feel saved? Nobody. Everybody feels saved all the time. Huh? There's been times I hadn't felt saved. There's been times that I don't necessarily feel righteous. But thank God I'm not going by how I feel about this thing. I'm not going by my feelings, amen. There's times when I don't feel quite so righteous and the enemy comes against me and says, look at you, boy, you've sure made a, you've made a mess out of things. You know, if you was really where you need to be with the Lord, you, if you was really saved, you wouldn't have had that thought or you wouldn't have said that or you wouldn't have done this particular thing. You, you know what? Hallelujah. You just got to stand against that accusatory attacks of the enemy and stand there and say, by the blood of Jesus, I am redeemed. By the blood of Jesus, I am washed. By the blood of Jesus, I am sanctified. By the blood of Jesus, hallelujah, I am justified. By the blood, I'm saved today. Hallelujah, I'm a part of the family of God. And Satan, the blood is against you. You have no place in me. You have no place in my life. I plead the blood and claim the blood and the power of the blood of Jesus in my life and over that circumstance and that situation. Amen. Thank God for the blood. 
when Satan comes around reminding you of your past, you need to remind him. Oh, hallelujah, of his future and of his present, where he's at right now and where he's going, that he is a defeated foe. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let me read a verse of Scripture. We're going to close here in a minute and have some communion, but listen to Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 and 15 says this. Somebody needs to hear this today. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, He, speaking of Jesus, also Himself likewise took part of the same, that through death He might, notice this, through death He might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil. And deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. I love the way the Amplified Translation says it when it talks about how through death he might destroy him that had the power of death. We know that he didn't annihilate Satan because Satan is still alive. Satan is still working in the earth. There is a real personal devil that's at work in the earth. So we know he's not been destroyed or annihilated. But what that word destroyed means is brought out so clearly in the Amplified when it says that he might bring to naught. This is what the word destroyed means. That Jesus might bring to naught and make of no effect him who has the power of death, that is the devil. He's talking about those to those who know their position in Christ, to those who know the power of the blood, to those who know and have faith in what Jesus did at Calvary for them and lay claim to that power that's in the blood that Jesus would bring to naught and make no effect, hallelujah, in their lives, him that had the power of death. And that's what we have to do when we stand against the works and the wiles and the devices and the strategies of the devil that we stand there covered in the precious blood of Jesus and let Satan know right now what happened at Calvary. Satan has been defeated and you have no power and no right. Your works against my life have been brought to naught. I belong to God. I belong to Jesus. I'm a child of the Lord and I don't belong to Satan anymore. Come on, amen. Woo! John said in 1 John 3 and 8, for this purpose the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy. There's that word destroy again. That he might destroy the works of the devil. And again that word destroy there in the Amplified it says this way. says it this way that he might Undo, destroy, loosen, and dissolve the works that the devil has done. And that's exactly what Jesus came to do, is to undo everything Satan did. To turn the thing around and to undo the works of Satan in our life. 
And I've experienced a lot in my lifetime of things that Satan has done and tried to do before I was saved and even after I was saved. But I'm going to tell you what. We stand in the, in the victory that Jesus has has bought for us at Calvary and we must remind Satan of his past hallelujah as well that he was defeated on the cross and remind him that Jesus conquered him and stripped him and paralyzed him we overcome by the blood of the lamb and also by the word of our testimony what is that? that's our confession and declaration and proclamation of what Jesus has done for us of who we are in Christ of what we have in Christ amen it is a confession and a proclamation of God's finished work Jesus finished work in our life we need to you need to go through those scriptures and get those in him and in whom and in the beloved every time in those epistles in the in the New Testament where it uses that term in him it tells us what we are in Christ not what we're going to be yeah there's some things that's going to take place in our life but there's some things that we have in him right now and we need to find out what we are in Christ who we are in Christ what we have in Christ praise God through the blood of Jesus and begin to declare who we are in Jesus that ladies and gentlemen is the word of our testimony hallelujah when we take the word of God and the holy scriptures and the Bible as the sword of the Spirit and put it in our heart and speak it out of our mouth and declare Satan I am in Christ I belong to the Lord Jesus and you have no place in me Amen you have as a believer been given authority and you must take that authority it's a done deal It's a finished work, but it's the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. It's you testifying to the fact of what Jesus has done for you. When Jesus faced the devil in the wilderness, what did he do? He used three scriptures from the book of Deuteronomy. He took the word of God, the sword of the Spirit, and said to the devil, It is written. Amen? That's the same way that you're going to defeat him today. And I'm going to tell you, and I've said this before, if Jesus could drive the devil away with three verses from the book of Deuteronomy, what can we do with a whole New Testament, with an entire New Testament under a new covenant, a better covenant, ratified by the blood of Jesus Christ? Praise God. We have victory, and we need to speak and declare and testify of the that victory that we have in Jesus and let the devil know it that we believe that. That that song we sang this morning, and I'm closing. I know we got I know where we're at. You don't want to have to come back tonight, so hang loose with me. That song we sang, you know. He said, and I believe. He said. And it is done. You know what that you know what that saying does? What he has said, I believe. And because he has said it, 
I declare it is done. Hallelujah. That's using that sword of the Spirit. You know, how do you use... People talk about the, the armor of God and there's, there's two offensive weapons. There's the sword of the Spirit and then prayer, which we so much of the time forget about. But that sword of the Spirit, Paul said, is the Word of God. The writer of Hebrews said that the Word of God is quick, alive, and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword. So how do we use the sword of the Spirit? How do you use that sword? I mean, you're you're not, you know, it's a spiritual weapon. You can't get a hold of it, you know, Brother Terry, and just, you know, stab the devil with it. There's got to be a way that you can utilize the sword of the Spirit. And I was thinking about this in, in that first chapter of Revelation when, when Jesus appeared to John on the Isle of Patmos and, and he turned and he heard that voice that sounded like a trumpet like many waters. And he turned and he looked and he saw Jesus. Hallelujah. And his, the hair of his head was white as wool and his eyes were as a flame of fire. Amen. And his feet were like fire fine brass polished in a furnace and then the Bible said that out of his where? Out of his mouth out of the mouth of Jesus went a sharp sword a sharp two edged sword ladies and gentlemen that's how you wield the sword of the spirit you're not grabbing it with your hand and swinging it around but you've got to get the sword the word of God planted on the inside of your heart thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you got to get that word down on the inside and fill your heart with the word of God and then when the enemy comes in against you like a flood oh let the Holy Ghost pull that word out of your heart and speak it out of your mouth to drive back every force of darkness every power of hell he cannot stand against the blood of the Lamb and the declaration of the word the sword of the Spirit that comes against him. Can you say man today? It's victory through the blood of Jesus. And they loved not their life unto the death. The message and the interpretation was right on that point right there. Because you know what that's talking about? It's talking about total commitment and that's what the Holy Spirit's been speaking to us here today there's got to be total commitment he wants a full surrender he wants a total commitment of your life to him you will never overcome Satan in your life if you're not totally submitted to God we quoted James 5 4 and 7 a while ago You know, the part that everybody quotes. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. That's true, but that's not the whole verse. The first part of that verse says, Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee. You, You can resist. You can rebuke. You can bind. You can loose. 
you can plead, you can do all of those things, and you'd be like those disciples standing there before that demon-possessed boy, and, and, and nothing happens. The devil just keeps on keeping on what he's doing. And the thing is, you can do all those things and not see any results if your life is not totally submitted and committed to the Lord Jesus Christ. He wants all of you. He wants all of you. He wants all of you. I said he wants all of you today. We're living in the time, ladies and gentlemen, we're at the end of this thing, and we need to, to quit playing church and quit just, just you know, go, just going and doing our own thing and giving God a little bit of service on Sunday morning. It's time that we are sold out and committed to Jesus Christ. He doesn't want just weekend visits from you. He wants full custody. Are you hearing me? He wants all of you. He wants you to be sold out. He wants you to love not your life unto the death. He wants you to be so committed and surrendered to him that if it come down to that where you would have to deny Christ or give your life, that you would boldly declare and confess Jesus is the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm willing to lay down my life. I'm willing to lay down everything. I'm willing to sacrifice and give it all for the cause of Christ. That's when you will be a victorious Christian and the blood will work in your life and your confession will work in your life when you are totally committed and submitted to God. Amen? Well, I'm just going to keep preaching that because that's what it's going to take to make heaven. You've heard the story of the chicken and the pig walking down the street. They walk past the church. Mr. Chicken and Mr. Hog walk past the church, and there on the marquee was the title of the sermon for that coming Sunday, How to Help the Poor. They looked at that and read that, and they walked a little ways, and the chicken came up with an idea, and he said, You know, Mr. Hogg, I know how we can help the poor. He said, How's that? He said, We can give all the poor a big breakfast of ham and eggs. The hog thought about it for a minute, and he looked at the chicken. And he said, that may be all right for you, but I'm not so sure that's good for me because your part in that, you're just giving a contribution. For me, that's a total commitment. Amen. And I'm going to tell you that's the way God's looking at it today. He don't want just a contribution to Him. He don't want just you to give you or I to give lip service for, to Him. But He's looking for today, ladies and gentlemen, a total commitment. He's looking for believers in these last days that will put their faith in the finished work of Christ, that will believe what He did at the cross is efficacious for them today, that He's still working to 2,000 years later that there's still just as much power in the blood of Jesus today in 2022 as it was
was when it spilt and was shed and ran down that cross at Calvary. Praise God. That's what he's looking for. To stand against the devil by the blood. To make your faith declaration of what he's done for you. And to be totally committed and sold out to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what the Holy Spirit is calling you to today. Amen. Praise God. Worship team, make your way on back. Hallelujah. I want you to bow your heads with me today. Father, we thank you this morning for your presence here. And as we, be, as we prepare our hearts to receive the Lord's Supper, I pray that you will deal with your people today concerning our commitment to you, our stand for you. There may be those here today that are going through some difficult times in their life, but as we come before this, this table today, the Lord's table, help us to understand what the blood means to us. Oh, that that blood be applied to our hearts and to our lives. Hallelujah. If there's those here today that need forgiveness, please, Lord, work in their lives to bring cleansing and forgiveness. But may there be a consecration and a dedication to each and every life today. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise God. Our worship team is going to play some music. And as they do, I'm just going to ask everybody to stand and as you, uh, as they're playing this morning, I'm just going to have you come up and get your communion elements and go back to your seat, and then we'll partake of communion together. Is that all right? If you would stand with me this morning and um, just begin to come and take the communion elements today. Grab your cup, and everything's there in the cup, and we'll receive communion this morning before we're dismissed. get back to your seat if you'll just wait there and we will we will pray and read some scripture we'll all protect together thank God for your blood Jesus
Jesus. Before we partake of communion, before we pray, the Apostle Paul said concerning the Lord's Supper, let a man examine himself. So let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eats and drinks unworthily eats and drinks condemnation to himself or judgment, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. Paul is saying there that before we partake of the elements of communion, that we're to examine ourselves. And we're to judge ourselves. And if there is anything in our heart or life that's not right, right now is the time to ask the Lord's forgiveness get cleansed by that precious blood. But then he talked about rightly discerning the body. And what he means there is that we need to understand what these elements represent. There's no salvation in this juice and this wafer, none whatsoever. But the salvation is in what this represents. The shed blood and the broken, battered body of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's where your redemption was purchased and bought and paid for. That's where Satan was defeated. Your sin debt was paid by the blood of the Lamb at the cross. So understand when you take this bread you're believing God and putting faith in the finished work of Christ. That by His stripes you were healed. When you drink this juice, it represents the blood that has cleansed us from all sin. Let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You for what this supper means. The elements of communion and what they represent to us today. And Heavenly Father, may we examine today and search our hearts. Holy Spirit, examine us today. And if there's anything at all in our hearts... Show us anything that's displeasing to you. Show us. And we turn from it and we ask forgiveness of it today. That the blood of Jesus will cleanse us today from all sin. In Jesus' name, bless us now as we partake. Paul said, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, take and eat. This is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Partake of the bread. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. After the same manner also, I'll give you a moment to get your cup opened up. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament of my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. 
For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death until he come. Receive the juice. Now thank him today for the sacrifice that he made for us at Calvary. Lord, we thank you. We thank you. We praise you for the power of the cross, the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for the remission of sin, bringing us into the family of God. We love you today, and we remember you and what you've done for us and give you praise in Jesus' name. Let's sing a song. Let's worship Him. Spend some time in worship this morning. Strength from day. 